Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Cape Cod Church, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our Christmas series, Wrapped, The Art of Giving. And this Christmas, we are exploring in this series the four stages of gift giving. A true gift, a good gift, follows a similar pattern. It's inspired, there's an act of generosity, there's planning involved, inspiration, planning, an action, and a reaction. A true gift is inspired by love for the recipient, this idea that starts to germinate. It's planned with thoughtfulness, with that person in mind. It's purchased or created at a cost from the giver and then given in an act of generosity. And then it's extended to the person who responds with joy, with no other expectation but that reaction of joyfulness. The Christmas story tells us about a beautiful gift like this. And it invites us to encounter God not only as holy, though he is, not only as our Savior, though he is, it also invites us to encounter him as a giver, someone who extends us a generous gift. And in this Christmas He's been planning and preparing this for us from the dawn of time. What might it mean that God has a gift for you and that it comes at a cost? And what should our reaction be? What expectation does he have on us but joy? And how might this differ from other kinds of of exchange. That's what we're going to be exploring this Christmas together as we celebrate one of the greatest gifts ever given from the one who has mastered the art of gift giving. Merry Christmas! Yeah, it's Christmas at Cape Cod Church. We even got choir robes. Whoa, what's that all about? Am I? Yeah. I'm like, man, we are, we are going all in on Christmas. So, uh, quick survey. How many of you, um, how many have started their Christmas shopping? Oh, look at you. Look at you. I know what some of you are thinking right now. Some of you, you're just waiting for me because you're an overachiever. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to give you a chance. How many of you have finished your Christmas shopping? Oh, look at you. That was the groan, the collective groan in the room of, yeah, you ruined the curve for the rest of us, right? Yeah, well, yeah, Christmas and uh, gift giving seem uh, impossibly linked together forever. I'm not sure exactly how that came to be. I mean, I know that there's wise men and gifts, but I also know they kind of actually come at the end. They're like, they're like after the story, and it's not the major part of the story. I mean, 
If we're just like going by the story and creating traditions, I don't know, we'd probably all just travel to a neighborhood, a couple neighborhoods away and sleep in somebody's garage. That would be, that would be like true to the whole Christmas theme. But that's not what we do. We, we at the center of this, we give gifts. If you're like me, I feel a little bit of stress around gift giving like like what is the right gift like how do I know how do I pick when do I get how much do I get I mean this this gift giving thing comes with a bit of tension and so we thought this year we would talk about the four stages of of gift giving we would kind of take this uh, apart and we'd look at the idea of giving a gift and to do that we're going to start in uh, Luke chapter 2 you're familiar this is the most famous of all of the Christmas passages so let me read it to you picking up in verse 8 it says that night there were shepherds and they were staying in fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. You, re- you remember this story. Even if you're, you're new to church, this story is probably familiar to you. And it says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared around them, or among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And notably, it says, And they were terrified. That's, so that's a good place to pause because the Christmas story here begins with God showing up and radiance and glory and angels and all of that and fear. The story begins with fear. And it says, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, because I bring you Good news that will bring great joy to all people. The story begins with fear and a clarification. And it's a clarification around intent. The shepherds want to know, like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's this all about? Like, like this, this, this angel glory. Uh, what, like the glory, it says the glory of God, but there was something in that moment, something in the presence of this, what we now know was a gift, they needed to know. It started off with terror, and then it went to clarification. Tell us what this is all about. And the angels clarified, no, 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 no. This is good news. You see what they did there? This is like, like no, 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 this is a, this is a, a, a gift. This is good. Like, like, there's no need to be afraid. And so I think that this is a place for us just to, to pause because the giving of a gift always begins with this, this intent, this inspiration. Where does it come from? You, you see, it's easy to confuse a gift with a swap. Some of you are going to tend to swap, but gifts and swaps are not the same thing. Have you ever noticed how a gift swap can turn ugly? 
right? Like a, a gift swap. Like it... It is like, God, it's like, it's tension. It's because the gift swap comes with expectation. I can feel taken advantage of. Kelly Capick in her book, The God Who Gives, says it this way. A gift is by definition unnecessary. Huh. I read that and I'm like, no, maybe. A gift is by definition unnecessary. There is actually no such thing as a gift swap. That's just an agreement. That's an arrangement, and you know how they work. And I have nothing against gift swaps. I'm going to a couple of them this year. But the ground rules have already been laid. You bring a gift, you get a gift. You don't bring a gift, no gift for you. <laughs> Isn't that the way it works? The only place this is not true is in our youth group. Like, you show up at the Yankee swap without a gift, and there's probably somebody who's looking out for you because they assumed you might be forgetful, and they might, have you, they might, they might give you a little bit of help. But in general, we go to a gift swap, and there's an agreement. You bring a gift, you get a gift. Oh, and after time, we learned that some people were cheap. <laughs> so we tell them what we expect. There's a $20 limit. Let me tell you what we mean by that. That does not mean you can bring a $2 bottle of Mountain Dew. <laughs> like, it's about a $20 And you were so happy. You went out and you searched and you searched and then you found the best use of your $20. And you were so excited to see that person open their gift until you opened yours. <laughs> and this person got you an extra large Hershey's bar. <laughs> and you're like, I think this cost two. And in your mind, yeah, it's Christmas, so you're not saying anything, but underneath it, you're thinking, this isn't fair. You see, we've confused a gift with a swap, and they're not the same thing. A swap is an agreement, it's an arrangement, and it comes with expectations, and it can leave us feeling jilted, treated unfairly. Let me tell you what else it can do. It can leave you feeling a bit anxious. Have you ever given a gift, received a gift, and then felt like maybe your gift didn't measure up? You see, this is why the art of gift giving begins with intent. It begins with the inspiration. And it's what God is teaching us. Christmas 
is literally God's gift to us in the person of Jesus. And it's not a swap. He didn't come and say, I'll give you this if you give me that and that and that and that. No, what we believe about Christmas is that God sent his son into the world to give us a gift freely without expectation because he loved us. You want to know a clue that something is a gift? It's in the wrapping. Just look at the wrapping. In fact, watch what happens here. Luke chapter 10. We'll pick up again in verse ten, uh, two, chapter 2, verse 10. It says, But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Now watch what he says next. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. Here's the sign, the symbol, and it's the wrapping. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven. This will be the the sign, the symbol. Here's how you're going to know that this is the gift. It's going to be in the wrapping. I think we're we're so familiar with this piece of the story, this, this baby born in a manger, that we just find it like, I don't know, we don't we don't find it all that amazing. People, people are amazed by the virgin birth. Like, oh, a virgin birth. I'm, I don't want to, like a virgin birth is a big deal. It doesn't happen all the time. I'm not saying that that's not a big deal. But I've never found the virgin birth all that hard to, to believe. It's the next part. It's the next part. Like, oh, here's how you'll know. You'll find God being born as a human being. <laughs> oh, not, not just a human being, a baby human being. Like, so I've always looked at it this way, kind of the way my mind processes things like, oh, if God uh, could be <laughs> born as a human being, if he could come as a human being and he came as a baby, then like a virgin birth is like no big deal. If we get over the fact that like God is on earth in human form, everything else feels like details to me, but that's just how I look at it. But born as a, as a baby, like like, who wants to be a baby? 
Like, nobody wants to go back and be a baby. Like, no, like there, you may say, oh, man, my teen years were the most amazing, or maybe my 20s. But nobody, nobody wants to be a baby, and nobody wants to go back to middle school. Those are two times in your life you're happy to give up, right? Seventh, eighth grade, they're done. If you're in the seventh and eighth grade, you should be in the loft anyway. But I'm just telling you, it's like, whoa, man. At least that's my story. Like, I, I can just, like, like, let's skip right over those. And babies, like, you know, strained peas, diaper rash, crying. No, you don't ever go, oh, man, when I was a baby, life was so amazing. I don't think that, right? And yet, here's the wrapping of the story. God came in flesh <laughs> as, a, as a, a, a baby. Don't get me wrong, the virgin birth is, is, is an amazing piece of the story, but, but the real story is that God was born in flesh, and he didn't come in the flesh of a conqueror. He came in the flesh of a baby? Is there anything more innocent and more needy, vulnerable than a baby? Do you see the wrapping of the story begins to tell us what we need to know about this? Let me, um, I, I thought I'd, I'd do, guys, I'm going to help you out. This is, uh, I'm going to give you a lesson in gift wrapping. So, like, I know you're thinking, that's a pretty good, that, this is not wrapping. If you stick tissue paper in it and you tape it together, that's wrapping. Let me show you what else is not wrapping. That is not wrapping. Right? That's not wrapping. Like, when, when I see, when, when this, get it right. Like, see, when this comes to my house, here's what I think. Oh, I paid for that. And the second thing I think is, I don't remember what I bought. What is in that? You've done the same thing too, right? It's like, oh, I, when did I order that? Uh, two days ago or 22 days ago? I don't know when it shows up anymore. But, but this is not, like, like, this is like, I look on the backside and there's my name. It's addressed to me because, because I, I paid for it, right? So the wrapping, do you see how the wrapping tells you something about what's happening in the wrapping of Jesus? And so, so here, here's, like, see, say, right, right? I did that myself. So I did not do this myself. <laughs> See, I marvel at stuff like this. Like when I get a gift like this, I'm like, how do they fold it like that on the end? Some of you are like amazing. You're like, you're like gift-giving ninjas because you, you, like that little thing there, like when I do it, it's like three inches thick. It's like I've rolled up the whole thing of paper and just stuck it down and then I just wrap tape around the end so it doesn't, but this is like, how did they, this bow, they, they actually tied the bow. Like, how did they do that? Like the wrapping, like it increased the value of what's ever inside by like 10 bucks. Do you, do you see what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that the, the wrapping is, is part of the story. It's, it's what 
It's what Jesus was doing. It's what God was doing when he sent his son wrapped as a baby. He's giving us the intent. This, this human being, this flesh, this baby, is the God of the universe. And he didn't come to ruin our lives. He came to have a relationship with us. He didn't come to rob us. He came to give us, as Jesus would later say, life and life to the full. And the hint was right there in the beginning, in the wrapping, in a baby, in a manger, in the most vulnerable, innocent package God could create. His son. God of the universe as a baby. Hmm. A few years ago, I was in a conversation with a group of people. Uh, there was probably six, seven, eight of us, and uh, they, they were, for the most part, not people that went to church. And as often happens when I'm in a conversation, people are curious, and so the conversation got around to God, and so they started asking me, sort of like, well, what do you believe? And we got talking about Jesus, and, and I just was telling them, this is what I believe about Jesus. And when I was done, I thought, well, turnabout is fair play. What do you all believe? And so we went around uh, counterclockwise. It started with the person on the right, and and, and it became kind of a, a quick conversation uh, about uh, agnostic, agnostic, atheist, not sure, agnostic, atheist, and, until we'd went almost all the way around with a, a smattering of different answers. And the last guy, who's now, who's come full clockwise, is on my left. And uh, he, he, was a, he was a scientist, and, and they, they, it got to him, and he says, actually... I believe in Jesus too. And those others were like, oh. Like they sort of expected it from me. It's like, well, you get paid to do that, but you. And so somebody asked the question, well, how did that happen? And I loved his answer. I've never forgotten it. He said, well, I started reading about Jesus and I fell in love with him. And I thought that was a better answer than I gave. <laughs> I started reading about Jesus and I fell in love with him. I do think that's what happens. And I think it happens at Christmas. I think we begin reading this story with fresh eyes. And we stop taking for granted a baby born of a virgin in a manger. God in the flesh. And we're taken by it. I'd like to read you one passage from the book of Philippians. 
it's as good of a one as I can find about Jesus. I just want you to listen to it. If you already believe, this will be a beautiful reminder. And if you're here and you haven't been exactly sure where to put Jesus, this might help. Picking up in the fifth verse, he says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. We must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position and was born as a human being. And at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. I think that day in that counterclockwise conversation that's what my friend was saying. I read about Jesus and the more I read about him the more I fell in love with him. Maybe you're here and you're right in the middle of that story. And maybe you even sense that God is calling out to you. That the message of Jesus is becoming something more than the story of history. It's becoming your story. Can I tell you what you hear is God knocking at the door of your heart wanting to come in, waiting for you to say yes, yes, yes to Jesus. Or as this passage puts it, to declare him Lord. Would you bow with me? Our heads are bowed, our, our eyes are closed. 
I just want to give you a moment here. This first Sunday of Christmas celebration to take a step of faith. Say yes to Jesus. I don't know all that has transpired in your life to bring you to this moment, how much you've read about Jesus, how much you've known about him. All I know is that if he's speaking to your heart, this is your moment to say yes, yes, yes. Jesus, I trust in you. There's no fancy prayer. There's no church that owns this message. There's no pastor that can make it happen. It's you and the God of the universe. And it's an act of faith, a a prayer of faith. I'm going to lead you in a prayer like that in a moment, but I I want you to know you don't have to wait. You You can go right ahead and pray where you're at and say yes to him, inviting him into your life, trusting Jesus Christ and his death and his birth to be your salvation to walk forevermore in relationship with him if that's you I invite you to pray right now something like this dear God I believe this is for me that you through your word, through these songs, through your spirit, are speaking to me. And this morning, I say yes to Jesus Christ. I invite you into my life. I want to live fully for you. I accept your gift. And I know it's a gift. Not a swap. Not an exchange. Not a demand. It's a gift. And here today, I want to say yes to you. I pray. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for tuning into this message from our Christmas series, Wrapped. If this is your first time listening, we'd love to meet you in person. We have services every Sunday at 10 a.m. in East Falmouth, Massachusetts, or you can join us for our live stream services on YouTube at the same time. And if you enjoyed the Cape Cod Church podcast, we hope you'll consider leaving us a review so that other people can discover us too. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode.